What is going on, everybody? Welcome to episode one of Bruisers Breakdowns and Beards. It is Sunday, September 20th, 2020. I am your host, Michael Reed. I am Kevin. I know every time. <laughs> and I am the Iron Clangin, head banging, kickstart to your heart, the hair metal heartthrob himself, Dallas Cade. Fellas, how's it going? Dallas, you, yeah. you seem... I, I'm going to trust you're not hungover. I think you're just tired. <laughs> Could be one no, of the I am definitely not hungover. Uh, I do not drink. I do not consume any other drugs. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not hungover, but I am tired. Uh, I was at a show last night, and I got home... Uh, I got home at like 2.30 in the morning-ish, which isn't terrible, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, then you have to do the have to have the come down right and everything so like i was up for a couple hours after that and i'm a little tired today but we're rolling <laughs> there you go we're live pal you're hyped up you're here so it's awesome mm-hmm. how much time do you have to spend uh, on the road or was it something that like- um it was a three-hour drive so it was nothing like Round a three-hour drive three is not bad each way oh yeah it was three hours each way Ooh, but okay. You're talking to a couple dudes who's like, oh, 30 minutes? Ew, I don't want to drive that far. Yeah. Kansas, yeah, all 20 in, minutes away. I should say uh, in wrestling. In wrestling, three hours yeah. is like nothing. Oh, I yeah. mean, I, being in Kansas City, Kansas City is kind of like a black hole as far as location because we are like four-ish hours from St. Louis, mm-hmm. which is kind of like the furthest west of like that area where there's a lot of independent wrestling going on in the midwest because like st louis isn't far from like illinois which is into chicago which is in indiana um i'm pretty sure sh- what's above illinois is there nothing above wisconsin. illinois or is there something to the hmm? wisconsin wisconsin okay. don't worry we forget about well, it too yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah there's some shows in wisconsin um there's i know there's uh first wrestling in minnesota um so like yeah there's a bunch of shows like kind of northeast side of mm-hmm. the midwest Iowa too, and though. then there because like and there's some people as i learned yesterday on twitter who don't even think that missouri and kansas are even in the midwest which <laughs> by the way is wrong so yeah like, we're I mean, like I, way I, off in the corner yeah. <laughs> i mean we're, I, we're I, a I few don't hours away from everybody, everybody <laughs> like else. i th- I think of like Colorado, Nevada, like west of that is not Midwest. Like yeah. Missouri, Kansas, you know, Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah we're, we're Midwest. Like mm-hmm. we have to be. Once you go into mountain I think time, Oklahoma is like the west. northernmost right. southern state. Yeah. yeah. I think. I'm trying to think of like my regions. <laughs> Iowa's pretty methy. That's, that's, that's like a very far north south. Did you say pretty methy? Yeah. <laughs> like methamphetamines yeah methamphetamines. jesus michael what are we talking about independence oh my bad no we're talking about iowa oh, oh continue <laughs> oh, i thought that was oklahoma <laughs> we're just no, that's, meth, that's meth is everywhere we're we're just, we, me, hey, meth is in kansas too so yeah let's you know just so <laughs> iowa and oklahoma don't get too offended but i mean you you talk about it. it's it's kind of a similar situation in texas except that everybody has to stay in texas because you know, like I, all the independent wrestlers I got to, to know in Dallas, like they would go to Waco and Austin and Houston and San Antonio 
and those are four and five and sometimes six hour drives and yeah, that's dude. just within the same state mm-hmm. yeah well like, texas is kind of its own beast because of that right like texas is you know huge and there's um, a lot of there's a lot of wrestling in texas yeah so um, i'm i'm certainly glad you brought up the travel because that's going to be one of the cool things that that i really want to do with with our new show is is kind of bring awareness to the life and experience of an independent wrestler because i think there's misconceptions mm-hmm. out there and there's there's assumptions that you know wrestlers expenses are covered a certain way or whatnot and that's not always true if if even possible so that's why i'm excited <laughs> to talk to you about this stuff so you can kind of like educate everybody as to hey this is what an independent wrestler goes through yep, for sure you know yeah i thought of i thought of uh how we were filming we were going to be recording the pod today and i was like oh hey this is exactly one of those reasons why uh, we all thought this this uh, would be a good idea, um, because now I can kind of share my experiences um, as a uh, up and coming independent wrestler, and uh, yeah, so I had the uh, I had the show last night, and we left at I, I left my house at nine in the morning uh, to go meet up with the rest of my carload, and. Uh, yeah, just me and like three other guys that live in the KC area. Um, we met up, got in the car, got gas, got like food that we were going to eat on the way or whatever. Um, snacks. Yeah, basically. Um, and we were getting there at like one. We were, I think our arrival time was like one. So we weren't going to be like some of them brought food to eat once we got it to the venue. Um, I didn't. So I just like grabbed food to eat on the drive there and that was kind of like my lunch um so we got there at like one um everything was pretty set up by then which is not normally the case normally you get there um the if the ring is not already there which happens where the boys will arrive before the ring does so then the ring gets there you got to put together the ring which is you know a bunch of heavy steel poles and posts and then two by fours and then the mats the canvases you got to tie the canvas down you got to put the ropes on uh you got to tie like some places every every ring is different so every ring has a different like setup and teardown process um but they were finishing up they were finishing up setup um when we got there they were tying the buckle pads on and they were tying the aprons around the outside um or the the rings ring skirts um, so they were pretty much done, which is not super common on the Indies. Um, so yeah, we got to kind of just hang out for a few hours, uh, while the show got kind of, or the card got kind of put together. Um, doors happened at five show started at six, finished the show at around like eight 45, nine ish, uh, which got it torn down in less than an hour, which was awesome. That's awesome. Um, yeah, tear, like when teardown is fast like that, oh, it's great. So then we left. We got uh, Raisin Canes because ah. the boys loved Raisin Canes. Uh, so we got Raisin Canes, and then we drove the uh, three hours home. We got home at like 2.30. Man, that sounds like when I used to play shows. Like when I was I, – <laughs> I, I figured yep. like the, the live band and live wrestling scenes are yep. almost like intertwined as far as like what you experience because like you spend 100%. a lot of money on gas. 
I mean, you probably no. spend more money. I mean, well, in bands, I spent more money than I made easily, but I, you know, <laughs> like the experience of it. Yeah. Getting to the venue early and just, you know, if everything's set up, it's rare. <laughs> yeah. And then like waiting for after the show and just like the drive home and, you know, yeah, like you said, the adrenaline just keeps you awake or the come down. I mean, sometimes it's better than others. Like I played great shows and then got home and was like super depressed that it wasn't still going, you know? So it's just, mm. yeah. Yeah. I think it was just, I think what, cause I didn't get to sleep until like 5 AM because my kind of energy was still going. Plus I had a bang on the drive home, but uh, <laughs> that help. Yeah. no, no, it really doesn't. But I mean, I had to, I was driving, so yeah, I, I had, had to, to make away. sure I was still alert. Um, I think it was more so this, like, I'm pretty sure that was the first live crowd I'd been in front of since was, the pandemic. Started. I was going to ask you, is, is this, I know you've, you've done some like practice sessions, but I, I didn't think you had actually done any shows yet. You've had oh, yeah. recorded matches like, as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've done, so we were put under the stay at home order in our County for like two months. And that ended like the end of May, I think, or like the middle somewhere, somewhere in May. So then in June, um, we started training again. Um, uh, Niles Plunkett, who owns his winery, he has a ring in there. Uh, he's super awesome and he lets mm -hmm. us use it and he lets us train with him. Um, so we started training again in June just to get back in ring shape and everything. Um, so that was awesome. Like it was great to be able to get back in ring shape kind of and start getting more, getting my comfort level in the ring back and then start kind of picking up where we left off in terms of like developing our skills and learning new stuff and kind of just trying to, you know, get better at the craft. And I've done, yeah, I did one session of like, taped matches in front of no crowd where kind of like the boys were the crowd mm -hmm. and that was kind of like meh um but other than that yeah i've done like nothing did it feel good to be back in the energy of the crowd like did that did that really help oh, the yeah the the crowd it was like it was at a bar so nice. obviously like everybody's there they're drinking they're having Howdy. a good time yeah the crowd was really good i think i think they said it was something like three four hundred plus wow oh shit dude yeah that That's sounds cool from... but then you remember oh we're in a pandemic yeah uh <laughs> hmm. yeah that was another thing that was like coursing through my mind mm -hmm. i was just like dousing my hands and sanitizer like the whole time <sighs> and like there were so many people that were like doing the whole brother brother like shaking hands with everybody oh. on the way in like i was like dude this is what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting the fist bump. If that like, sorry, but come on. <laughs> and there, yeah, there were, you know, not everybody had a mask, but there were some, mm -hmm. uh, wasn't, you know, three to 400. You can't really social distance that in a bar. No. Um, so yeah, we'll see in two weeks ish how I'm doing. <laughs> Right. Um, yeah, I'm nervous, but like yeah. the whole night and like today now, I'm kind of just got to be like, try not to think about it. Right. <laughs> just, just start um, pre-gaming vitamins a, and everything. Just do whatever you can. I'm get a, some energy. I'm a terrible hypochondriac, man. So like I'll start my, my throat will start. It should be like, oh shit, here we go. Yeah. 
Yeah, dude. And it's, it's so weird too, because the taping sessions I did, um, in August, I think were there like, it's an indie show. So a lot of the money that they have coming in, they depend on the house. There was no house. So they were trying to tell like the promoter messaged a lot of all the boys and was like, yeah, um, don't know if we can pay you. And, you know, I was taught, like, trying to not work for free. <laughs> like, you, like there's there's a level of knowing your worth that goes in there. Yeah. Like, I understand that some, like, uh, some places, like, there's some circumstances in which you may end up working for little to nothing in terms of money, which, like, should it exist? Not really. Does it? Yes. There's a level of understanding as to why that is. Um, I can't remember who it was I heard it from first. I've heard it a few times, but there's this philosophy that I was taught um, in terms of how that all goes called the three E's. Experience, exposure, expenses. If you can justify, uh, you know, this booking or this match or whatever with like, if you can get two out of three, you're probably in a good, good space. You know, mm -hmm. if like, if you're only getting one of the three covered, then like, it's up to you kind of like, it's, it's about what you want from the experience. Like, do you want a valuable experience with a guy you can get better with? Are you getting exposure? Is this a well-known place? or the guy you're wrestling is going to, you know, draw eyes to you that you may have otherwise not had. Um, is your, are your expenses being paid? Is it a good, you know, monetarily, is it a good position for you to be in? Like if you can cover those things, then peaches. <laughs> uh, but if not, it's kind of like a, you know, uh, pros and cons. Sure. Yeah. And I mean, it's, and I think that's another thing that, that people get a misconception about is there's even, and I've heard it, I've heard people in, in the crowds talking about, it. like, I've been in shows where you're there with 40 or 50 people and they somehow think all these wrestlers are getting paid like several hundred dollars a pop to what? wrestle on a show. Right. And, you know, what? I, <laughs> I'm just what? saying, I've been, I've been around those people, oh you know, I, I talked to a wrestler once who his rate at the time, this was a couple of years ago, was like 75 bucks. He's like, I don't get out of bed for less than 75 bucks. Um, which even then pretty good rate. Right. Like a that's young guy, what, that's a pretty good rate. Right. And that and that's I think, you know, and 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 what what you make is is obviously your your personal business. I, yeah. I'm not trying to throw anybody under the bus. I just think there's this misconception. Well, I'll tell you right now, I'm not making 75 bucks a booking. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll get you there. That's that's the plan. We'll that would be there. great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's going to be you two. You us. two are going to be the reason I start charging more for my rate. You know, <laughs> just hype and be your hype man. It's not going to be my matches. It's not going to be my progression as a wrestler. It's not going to be buzz on the internet. It's going to be you two. Well, well, we're getting you exposure. I don't. <laughs> We've got we, a PayPal we account yes. started. We're gonna chip right. in. <laughs> We we are we have had an experienced podcast before this, so that helps this us a true. little bit. This is true. So we got we got two of the three. Casey's got me. We, but we are a podcast, so expenses are a little difficult. 
Yeah. Casey, yeah. Like yeah. right now I'm in a, I'm like right now I'm kind of, I'm not like opposed to traveling or whatever, but I'm about kind of developing my, not reputation, but no, your brand credibility and like, you know, like, yeah, div- like honing my craft, getting, um, being well known throughout the area in which I live. Because once you do that, then, you know, the fans, the audience in your area where you are most commonly, you know, where you most commonly appear, they like, they get familiar with you. They know you. They're like, oh, this kid's good. Uh, The more you start traveling outside of that, the people in the audience outside of your local area or your home area, they hear from the audience in your home area like, hey, this dude's good. And they're like, oh, like I heard about this dude from some friends or fans I know in Kansas City or in St. Louis or wherever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, let's I've heard of this kid. Let's like, see what he does. And they're like, oh, that kid had a good match. Like, I like this guy. And then, you know, your audience kind of grows from there. Yeah. I can definitely like I was gonna run on with it, but no. <laughs> no, but I mean that that's worked in in our experience when when I was living in Dallas and Kevin was here in KC, you know, uh, especially going to the NWL shows, like he would we would do shows where he would talk about all the awesome wrestlers that he got to see that night. And uh some of them, you know, like like Moonshine, for example, Fuego, oh, yeah. uh, who wrestled in NWL as Maverick, you know, he Love came Moonshine. down to Texas. And yes, so I got to see him and it was awesome getting to walk up to him the first time and be like, Hey, you know, my friend Kevin saw you in Kansas city. Uh, and it like you, you build up a rapport and it helps him build. It's it just extends that fan base and, and mm-hmm. which is going to help you sell more merch and get more bookings. Yeah. It's, you know, it just kind of builds on itself. So yeah. Yeah. It's important to, to get your, your home base secured early mm-hmm. Cause like you said, people spread the word that also gives you, you know, that gives you a little more confidence to take bookings elsewhere because if they treat you like shit or that something falls through, at least you've got home base to, to come back to, to, you know, reinforce. Yeah. So. Because for, for, um, for guys like me or uh, the guys that I trained with and came up with, um, you know, we're under three years in, most of our uh like most of us traveling to new places uh from my own experience from the experience of the guys around me is we're getting in the car with people that are booked on these shows that we're not we're just getting in the car going to show face um and you know help out and you know become recognizable with the promoter so that he's like, oh, this kid's shown up a few times. Let's, you know, give him a give him a dark match or whatever. Um, if they're on, you know, IWTV or any other streaming service. If they're just a live show, then there's no such thing as a dark match. Sorry. But because <laughs> I've been on shows before where they they are not broadcast anywhere. And they're like, we'll put you in a dark match, kid. I'm like, is this on TV? They're like, well, no. And I said, Oh, then it's not a dark match, is it? Yeah, <laughs> like, more like just people walking to their seats match. This was a backyard show, by the way, guys. So don't think I'm like sitting here shitting on any like. It was a ba- it was like a show run by backyarders. Um. <laughs> anyway, yeah, like um, uh, yeah, like uh, 
Campbell Myers, who I travel with a lot, he trained at Black and Brave, so he knows a lot of guys there. Mm -hmm. uh, so if they're ever, you know, traveling somewhere, they have room in the car, they hit him up. They're like, oh, hey, do you want to go to, like, Tennessee? Do you want to go to Texas? Do you want to go to Atlanta, wherever? He'll be like, oh, yeah, I can get in the car that day. Gets in the car, shows face. Uh, you know, maybe he gets a spot on the card. Maybe he doesn't. Or maybe, like, somebody puts in a word for you and – with, they put a they put in a word for you with the promoter. Promoter's like, oh yeah, we'll give the kid a shot. Then you're booked. So like, it's kind of you know networking essentially mm -hmm. sure. is a big part of how you start getting out there as a wrestler. Once you like develop that kind of credibility, that resume, that rapport with more and more and more people in the business, then you know, it kind of just builds on itself from there. Nice. Do you have any particular with your three, was it three years of experience at this point? Is there, um, I started training in July of 2017. So yeah. So about a little over three years. Yeah. 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 I mean, I haven't, I haven't been like traveling and taking bookings, um, for all three of those years. I, okay. I started my pro debut was in NWL in February of 18. Mm -hmm. So I have like two and a half years of pro, like of pro wrestling experience. Okay. Um, That's but yeah, I started training about nine months before that. With that said, like, do you have any States you want to break, like you want to break into, or is there any, like, where, where's, oh, how, how far um, like, out have you gone? And like, what States would you want to go to and like want to be booked at and want to really check out that you haven't checked out yet? Oh yeah. Like I've seen, um, I can't remember how long ago it was, but there was those um, everybody was sharing those tweets of like the map of the states and they had like a little stamp on all the states that they had traveled to or wrestled in. Mm -hmm. um, I had like, let's see, the states I've wrestled in, I've wrestled in Atlanta, in New That's Orleans, um, um, wrestled in the St. Louis area a couple times. Kansas, obviously. Mm -hmm. uh, I was in Omaha last night. That was like the third time I've been there. Um, Denver. I did a weekend in Denver with one of my coaches, Hoodie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where else? Hmm. I did a seminar in Indiana. I didn't wrestle on the show. But I've been to Indiana. Um, hmm. If I think of it any more, oh, Arkansas, I've done Arkansas a couple of times. Right. <laughs> um, yep. Like I, you know, they're, they're kind of, they kind of come and go. Um, yeah. And like most of them for me have been like, you know, once or twice um, in terms of like the out there air. Like I've only done Atlanta like once I've only done new Orleans once. Mm -hmm. I would totally love to do them again. Um, but yeah, this like the same St. Louis, I've done a few times. Mm -hmm. um, Kansas, the Kansas area, obviously, I've done the most. Um, and as far as like states that I haven't been that I would love to, obviously, every indie wrestler wants to wrestle in Chicago. Mm -hmm. um, I have never been to Chicago, really? so oh man, I've got some I got places like, for you to check out. <laughs> I yeah, because you're you know you're a Chicago native. Yeah. Um, I've been on a few shows like there have been some Chicago guys on the journey shows. Mm -hmm. um, like I know 
JJ's an Iowa guy. I've done Iowa too. Forgot that one. Um, JJ Garrett, he's an Iowa guy, but he's done, yeah, he's done shows in like the Chicago area. Um, Journey worked with Zello, who was a Chicago promotion. Um, so we had a few of those, like a few Chicago talent on our shows. Um, uh, I've talked, I've been on quite a few shows with some guys from Texas. Obviously, I was, you know, Moonshine was somebody that helped train me when I was a student. Um, so, I've talked to him a lot about Texas. Um, Kurt Stallion's been on a lot of journey shows. He was, he's, was in Texas for a while. Uh, guy in St. Louis, Thomas Shire, he spent a lot of time in Texas. So he knows a lot about that scene. Um, Texas, I would love to get into Texas. Um, I know, like, I know a few guys that are starting to get around in Texas. So hopefully I can kind of make that, uh, make, start making that trip myself. Um, anywhere else there's nowhere else that like immediately jumps out at me but places like chicago the chicago area and texas are like two of the ones that i've thought about like a lot like yeah i want to go there there's a lot of great venues. i really and it sucks because when i lived in chicago there was independent wrestling obviously but i didn't take advantage of it like i should have like, I mean, I was, they were still running freelance shows in this bar called the Abbey pub. That was once again, such a small bar venue, but seeing like freelance wrestling, like have such great shows there, it would have been amazing to catch when I still lived there. Um, mm. now they do a lot of shows at like Logan square auditorium, I believe. Yeah, um, dude. Logan square is like, I lived in, that was everybody where I lived before I moved out here. Square. I lived in Logan square <laughs> and it's huh. completely different now. It's like, you know, it's a lot richer than when I lived there. <laughs> Oh, but yeah, everything got gentrified in Chicago, but the, the wrestling though has been amazing. Uh, Zello pros running regular shows now at this point, uh, they're back on weed street, which is a, uh, very weed street in Chicago is a very, it's like a, it's okay to it's, it's like a power and light, except it's like a, stri- like a strip mall version where the bars are all just lined up on the street. So yeah, not like, you know, not uh. like the mega mall of bars where you just go inside and transfer. Right. But so Weed Street's like that. So I'm really glad Zello's running shows there because it's always a highly populated area. And um, hmm. yeah, so they're doing good. Freelance is running shows out there. I mean, there's so many. Warrior Wrestling just started. Or yeah, least... Warrior Wrestling seems to be running a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Um, me and the guys were talking about it on the drive back home last night. Yeah. Like Warrior Wrestling seems to be like pretty active. Oh, that man. promotion started the weekend we were in Chicago for Starcast and all in did it two years ago. I it did. That. That's awesome. We, we got in, we actually got invited like through back channels to go to that show. They're their first show. And, and we, we couldn't because like all in was the next night. Yeah. Uh, so mm-hmm. we were and Friday had been our podcast row day, but yeah, we were, I wanted to go to that show really bad. Cause it was a like stacked card. That whole um, and they have been they had everybody in town freelance had yeah all exactly the exactly it was the perfect weekend to do you do your yeah. first show so yeah i i love the um like hosting a pro wrestling show on a football field mm-hmm. thing that they're yep. doing because like with what's with everything that's going on right now in terms of you know needing to be social distance and having requirements to meet in order to host these shows mm-hmm. like the football field idea is just, a, it's great. Mm-hmm. I love that idea. Outside um, of the box, man. And, yeah. And even, um, even without, you know, 
the the circumstances of a pandemic like that just sounds like a cool idea to me like Mm -hmm. put the you know put the ring center field like right on the 50 Mm -hmm. and then like if if it was possible to like fill all of the stands in the football field and then like if you need to put some extra seats you'll probably like you'd probably have to put seats like around the ring like on the field just like for but like if it was a huge show that was like gonna draw like a few like two three thousand people to like get all the seats on the field filled and then the stands like oh dude that that'd is, be so cool. I mean, that used to be a thing. I mean, I'd say bring it back. I yeah. mean, I watched uh, some, one of my friends posted a video yesterday of Hulk Hogan versus Andre the Giant in 1980. And it was at Shea Stadium. Huh. And it was, yeah, it was a packed Shea Stadium. And it was before Hulk Hogan was really Hulk Hogan. Yeah, yeah, I'll send you the video. Um, but he, was, he still Damn. had a manager. I think he had... Um, trying to remember who was his manager at the time but yeah it was crazy it was uh it was just a huge stadium show and like just it was so random especially being 1980 so it was before you know the whole andre versus hulk really took off and like like i said it was back when hulk was more he looked more of like a hogan looked more of like a uh kind of i want to say lex luger type character where it was more of a narcissist you know he came out in like a robe and looking all so was it like awa hogan i think so i mean white trunks Yeah, yeah, he had like, yeah, it was, it was, it was interesting to see, but once again, just seeing that in a football field in like 1980, you know, it could yeah, be done dude. today. Bring that and shit like, back. yeah. And damn, I wasn't even thinking of like, you know, the freaking like NFL stadiums or anything like that. Like even to see, uh, like an indie show, I guess that could do like a local high school football field or whatever yeah. and fill that out would be ridiculous that would be crazy and it would be awesome the the problem is we don't have especially here in like kansas city i can't think of any high schools that have the like really nice stadium set up uh most of them Uh, is just an old school football field and old school bleacher because like all over texas they have like nfl Oh, yeah, because oh, yeah. they're like Adians. reading athletes out there in Texas. It's, yeah, <laughs> it's Texas. What are they? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, so, that's what they care about. That's football. why Texas had such a stink during the whole pandemic. They're like, we want our football. <laughs> I mean, they can't cheer for the Cowboys. <laughs> no. Oh, but they do. Yeah, they still do. They, they try. Oh, they but try. they do. Oh, man. But I mean, there's, I mean, you talk about having to have these nice venues, but then you realize, I mean, and like I said, not to shit, but a lot of indie venues, I mean, are usually in like high school gyms and shit. So it's like a football field, no matter how shitty it is, is still an upgrade. (laughs) Oh, no, like, absolutely. That's why that's, that's, that's what I mean is because I've seen, you know, a few venues, some of them, like there was one venue it was an armory and they, the, the promoter had to stop running there because they found like asbestos in the ceiling. Oh no. So yeah. And like stuff like that, mm-hmm. you know, uh-uh. so yeah. like, you're right. A, even if it's like a, like, I don't know. I, I can't think of like a terrible looking in disrepair football stadium, mm-hmm. but even that would be an upgrade just simply for the amount of people you could put in there and the environment that comes from like, you know, Friday night lights, varsity football, putting that vibe with wrestling to me is like, dude, yes. Mm -hmm. 
that's people that's get to like, go out they get to social distance like it's like the return of the drive-in you know with everything going down a lot more people are going to drive-ins a lot of bands yeah, drive-ins are touring drive-ins that, yeah. and it's like yeah these outdoor venues and everything are starting to make a comeback and they should because if you could find a way to socially distance people and put on a hell of a show and give people kind of like a life back because like i said this whole year at least for me I've been dead inside because I haven't seen any live wrestling and I haven't seen any live concerts. Those are though that too is my yeah. lifeblood. So mm-hmm. if I get the chance to go to an outdoor venue to see that stuff and it's safe enough, fuck yeah, I'm going to take awesome. it. And yeah. I will enjoy myself to the fucking max, you know, yeah. because I know you don't get these very often. I mean, it's funny the, you know, the uh, Cinderella song, you don't know what you got till it's gone. And you realize you that man, know what you got. Uh, I'm glad yeah, you caught that. Go. I love you, Dallas. <laughs> <laughs> I love that song, dude. And but it's true. I mean, like think about it. Like a year ago, we were just we were so enamored and like you know we got live music, we had live wrestling and all that that we had so much of it and everything. We're like, oh, we'll catch it next time. And now we're clamoring for it. You know, it's mm-hmm. just, it's a whole nother it's in a whole nother step like a whole nother beast right now, dude. So I'm all for football I... venues and open venues. Oh like yeah. And it's because, like, I've wrestled on a football field before. So, like, um, it's different for, like, for the wrestlers, too. Mm-hmm. Because, like, everybody knows. I don't know why this is the first thing I think of. But everybody knows that, like, moment where you hear a chop. And it's a good one. And it's right in there. And it's just, bah, echoes throughout the room or the venue. And everybody goes, whoa, yeah, whatever. Uh, outdoors, it's different it doesn't quite work that way the sound doesn't travel this like it doesn't have anything to reverberate off of Mm -hmm. so it's like deafened (laughs) it's like nothing like unless you get like a really good one and people are like sitting near you like if if people are near you they're still gonna hear it Yeah, yeah but like like for for example um the ring was like on the 50 and it was kind of like like out towards the center of the field, not quite, but mm-hmm. close. Um, and there was very few people actually sitting around it on the field. Mm-hmm. Most of the people were in the stands, like way back there. Oh, weird. So um, if you were to like try to chop somebody, nobody's going to hear the it. The people in their lawn chairs around the ring are going to hear it, mm-hmm. but people in the stands barely especially if they're like talking and stuff and they're already making noise yeah because like i had a buddy of mine film my match from the stands on my phone and i got chopped and like could barely hear it but like you could still hear the faint reaction of the people that were around the ring Mm -hmm. nobody in the stands like around where my buddy was filming could hear it and then like i turned him around gave him one back couldn't hear it so like there's unique situations like an outdoor venue that provide um just different circumstances different challenges for wrestlers to kind of adapt to and stuff like that is what's going to help us you know hone our craft and get better yeah uh that was a very long-winded way of me to say that well, no, but that's a good well, way. Like, so you have to adjust your move set based on like kind of the environment. And I think that's fucking rad. A hundred percent. Because what's because, the point of chest you know, chopping if you're not going to be able to get that experience, you know, because right. why are you going to fuck yourself up or fuck your, you know, friend up or opponent when you're, you're going to get a barely an auto, a barely audible uh, cheer out of it or pop. Yeah. Well, 
and at that point you've basically the only noisemaker you really have is the ring. So you have to rely more on like, you know, slams and, and, you know, clotheslines, things that'll have somebody bumping to the ring so that the ring reverberates and that makes your noise. I'm surprised even le- yeah. probably even less like, thigh slapping. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. The leg slaps. Yeah. It's ruining the business. <laughs> All right, Cornette. <laughs> Some, yeah. Even though Shawn Michaels did it for how many years? Don't get me wrong. Shawn Michaels is Shawn Michaels, but his finish was a leg slap. Mm-hmm. I, hey, no one. Where's the lie? Yeah, but like, yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> um, it's it, you know, it applies to uh, more than just whether like you know, indoors, outdoors, adjusting to your environment. Uh, I was talking about this with a number of the guys in the locker room at the show I was at last night. Uh, the crowd for that show was not so much into like technical wrestling. They were more into kind of like uh, the character stuff. They were more into interacting with them. Mm. They were more into like kind of like the Gaga kind of stuff. Not, not to devalue any of that because yeah. it does have its place and it is super important and it is super entertaining because I saw it last night get like the biggest pop of the night. Um, but like, that's what that crowd is drawn to. That's what that crowd wants. There are other crowds where like, you know, they do appreciate more of the technical wrestling and they do appreciate more of the, um, the skill set and the ability of the athletes. So like if you're on a show for the first time and you aren't really, you don't really know what to expect, you kind of have to gauge that in the, you know, few minutes of doing your entrances and maybe locking up for the first minute of the match. They're not into that stuff. you got to like be able to adapt and be like, all right, you know, let's start doing this instead. Or, you know, figuring out what will get the reaction out of them. Yeah, that's, and that's cool. I like that. Cause you, it makes you think on the fly and especially like mm-hmm. you're right. And it kind of, does it, it throw, it feels like it, does it throw all of plans out the window for the most part? Like, I mean, I'm assuming you put some kind of, um, I'm a lot of times you put a lot of work together, you know, before the match and say, Hey, this is what we're going to do. You know, kind of working out the plans and stuff. Yeah. I assume a lot of that would get, kind of thrown to the wayside since you're kind of playing to kind of figure out what the crowd's that's why that's why there's some people that like aren't a big fan of that is because you know you try to plan out your match or whatever then you get out there and you realize oh crowd's not really biting on any of this stuff but this is what we had planned so we're just going to stick to the plan it's like you're not you know there's don't get me wrong having a good match is having a good match as long as nobody gets hurt great you know, like so long as nobody gets hurt and nothing terrible goes wrong or, you know, whatever. Great. Fine. You did it. Like, like that, that chalks up to a win. Um, but like, there's something lost in there. If, um, cause the guy I was in there last night, he was like, he was a fan. He, he told me, he was like, Oh, I kind of like to, you know, have uh, these spots figured out or whatever. And I kind of like to have some memorization and I was kind of like, okay, I personally am not so much a proponent of that because like, you know, 
different situations call for different approaches. Right. Like if I'm in a six man scramble, okay, you know, we probably got to figure out, you know, there's got to be a lot of coordination there. Spots. I don't have to know every move that everybody in that six man is going to do because then I'm going to forget stuff. It's going to get right. so jumbled up because I'm trying to remember way too much. If I focus on like my cues, like what's going to happen right before I need to do something, what is it I need to do when that happens? And then what happens after, if I can focus on the stuff I need to do, then that makes my job a whole lot easier and it makes my performance better in a singles match. You don't, you know, there's a lot less need for that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. You can just kind of like, as long as you know where you're going for me personally, you know, that's all you need. Mm -hmm. You can go out there and kind of figure it out. Or if you want to set up some kind of structure, do whatever you want, you know? Um, So this guy was like, yeah, I like having a lot more memorization. I was like, okay. So he's drilling this stuff. He's like, can we go over it again? And we go through it and like, you know, I'm kind of like, all right, we're going to do this, 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 you know, this is what we're trying to get to. Um, and we get out there, we wrestle for a little while. And then I'm like, all right, let's give you your give. Like he was the baby face. So I said, take your shine spot. Shine spot is kind of what tells the crowd who the heel and the baby face is. Uh, doesn't always, you know, have to be, so strict you can kind of establish that before you do any kind of big spot or whatever um but i wanted to kind of like we we had like eight to ten minutes so i was like the promoter just told us hey just go have a match so we were like okay we were second on the card i think um so we he i was like hey what move do you what what do you want like what's a cool move you can hit in the shine told me he wanted to do like a springboard rana or something and i was like okay uh I kind of wanted like I wanted to give him like a big bump to end it on. So I was like, all right, hit that Rana and then give me a big drop kick and, you know, go for a cover trying to win the match. Um, and we said it like I was like, all right, we get out there. We're wrestling. I go, give me a couple arm drags, uh, block my punch, springboard Rana. So he completely blanks on his shine spot that he called to me uh. <laughs> before we went out there. He forgets the whole thing. So I'm like, all right, give me two arm drags. <laughs> he, he gives me the arm drags and then he forgets to block my punch. So I'm just sitting there punching him and I'm like, block the punch. He doesn't block it. Block the punch. He doesn't block it. So I'm like trying not to cut him off here. Um, we basically, you know, there was a lot of thinking on the fly that I had to, you know, I had to be able to adjust to that, to him forgetting, you know, where he was at. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had to adjust to that. We got through the match. Um, everything was fine. Everything looked good. Um, from my perspective, I was like, the promoter was happy with it. We got some good feedback from people in the locker room. So it was a good match, but that was kind of, to me, like, this is why... I don't like to memorize everything in my matches. Yeah. It, it sh- and it sh- I hope it taught that person a lesson too. That kind of like, if you're going to call out spots, remember them. <laughs> well, it, there's, it's not that there's anything wrong with that because like no. w- whatever approach works for you is exactly you know, whatever. As gets long you as that works great, you do what's good for you. Mm-hmm. But that was kind of, 
Like, I feel like I was made better during that match because I had to be able to adjust on the fly. I had to think on my feet. We were out there live in front of a couple hundred people. Like, we can't just stop and talk this out. Yeah. So we have to figure out how to continue this match while we communicate and figure out where we're going to go from here. That I feel like made me a lot better than if I had just tried to memorize the entire match and then go out there and recite this, you know, this play-by-play. Mm-hmm. Fair enough. I feel really rambly today, so I, no, I apologize if I'm well, too no, long-winded like said, for no, anybody listening. For yeah, between all the <laughs> wrestling action, you know, you know, like we're still trying to catch up. And plus, we, you know, you wrestled last night, so you had stories to tell. And it, yeah, it, the audience wants tired. to hear this. <laughs> I was saying, like, I haven't gotten to see wrestling in a while, so just getting to listen to wrestling is just yeah. like close <laughs> enough. We're vicariously in, in, uh, involved in this. And there needs to be a future in like descriptive wrestling. It's like I could, I could go for this. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> interesting that's i don't know i don't know why but i immediately thought of like i don't know people just um what's the phrase graphic novels oh yeah Yeah, like the not like like i don't mean i don't mean like the cartoon or the um comic book graphic novels i mean the um very descriptive with their words graphic novels (laughs) and i immediately translated that to wrestling what do they call those um manga no rule 34 no wait that's a different one that's fanfic (laughs) that can get really weird i don't know why but i immediately thought of either that or like reddit fanfics people who write those who are who then decide to just like write a wrestling match or like what happens he voluptuously scoops i probably just gave way too many people (laughs) bad ideas we had a computer watch ten thousand hours of wrestling and now he's gonna write a match (laughs) oh man god that's gonna be the next big thing oh shit i hope wrestlers chops small wrestler (laughs) heel chops face oh no dude they're gonna go into much more descriptive detail than that yeah it's good like if it's if it's up to a person writing this it's gonna be like he takes his large hand and he i can't hold on my brain is totally farting on me um (laughs) he thrust it through his opponent's chest with a cascade of violence Uh, his opponent pectorals throbbing crumbles to his knees in agony like that's what I, like i'm like Dude, no don't i think no. we just found your side gig bud like <laughs> no you make, you make some money during the no. pandemic this is the way to do it like I... <laughs> you're, you're gonna have like you know soccer moms and and anime dudes all across the I country do, like, like your shit. i would write i would write a lot in school and i would like enter a couple like writing competitions and stuff. And I took a lot of writing classes, but like, no, I don't want to write that kind of stuff. <laughs> I'm good. Oh man. Oh shit. I really want you to write one now. <laughs> nope. He's like, I will be waiting for this on my desk. Yeah. If you're good at something, never do it for free. That's true. Oh, I was going to say, shut up and take my money. Let's go. <laughs> the Xbox isn't pre-orderable yet. He's got extra cash right, waiting. Right. I got I got some money right now until Tuesday. <laughs> oh God. Speaking of, I like I'm I guess I'm the only Xbox guy here. Mm-mm. You two no. are PlayStation fools. Oh, really? Yeah, I well, when I was a kid, my dad had a PlayStation 2. So I I was like God, on that. It. I was on that for 
I think until I was at the age where my friends all had 360s and I was like, oh, so if I'm going to play video games with my friends, I like it took me until I was like 12, 13 years old to realize you can play video games online with your friends at the same time. <laughs> so, nice. yeah, dude, I was in the dark because I went from PlayStation 2 to like Nintendo DS where I played like Pokemon and I played Mario Party mm -hmm. with my siblings on road trips. And then I went to Xbox 360 where I like started playing Call of Duty and whatever. <laughs> and now like I have my Xbox One. Um, yeah, I, I haven't had, I haven't, I haven't done a PlayStation since I was a kid, but yeah. I, Damn, I didn't know that. We'll have to we'll swap gamer tags at some point. <laughs> I didn't know that. Because yeah. see, I'm a predominantly Xbox gamer. Kevin is now predominantly PC, but when he plays yeah. on console, he's playing on his PlayStation. Yeah. But with so all this like, PC, Xbox uh, cooperation, like, I mean, it's making it a lot easier. And then, yeah, but it, mm. it hasn't all happened yet. No, like, it hasn't. No, no, Borderlands is like a year away. Right. Where they're gonna I'm so platform. pissed at that. I know I'm saving. Uh, so, so my wife and I are the same DLC right now. We're on the uh, Hammerlock DLC that we both haven't completed. So I'm just going to wait now until uh, they do the cross platform. And then we're going to go through the, we're going to go through that DLC and whatever's left by then. So I'm not even going to touch run, Borderlands until then. I'll run through that shit with you. Cause I run through everything, but I always yeah. run through it by myself. Cause I don't have yeah. anybody to play. And but that's all, what, all that's... I would do the same because like when, with eight bit geek, like Jared and Doug are like, yeah, let's play. And I'm like, cool. I'm ready. And they're like, well, I mean, let's play like, you know, overall, you know, I don't want to play right now. And so I'm like at my desk. I'm like, Fuck. let's play eventually. Yeah. So <laughs> See, that's, I'm on 360 was the best because I like, I'd say, Hey, let's go play something. And everybody was on 360. So I got to do all this multiplayer gaming. And then I get, I get an Xbox one predominantly because of rock band mm -hmm. and everybody went to PlayStation. I'm still here on my Xbox. <laughs> All alone, so I don't get to play any multiplayer games because anymore. of Rock Band. Dude, I've spent <laughs> stupid amount of money. It's ridiculous. I, you've told me about this, and yes. I just, I can't believe it. I don't think there's anybody else. We're gonna that have can to compete with you on with, your. Rock I'm band, sure they're uh, out there, but not to anybody that I've met. But once the, once I didn't we know can, you like, could get that deep. I didn't yeah. know you could get as deep into it as you have, it's man. Deep. Once, once we can gather safely, we'll have to do like a Rock Band night. Yeah. Or something. Oh, dude, that's some bonus content right, right? there. Right? Yeah, we'll have to stream that shit. It'll be awesome. Hello, oh, it's so nice. We can get my backyard projector set up. That's about as safe right? as we can get. Fucking Even backyard better. concert. <laughs> dude, I always had this like idea of um like you know how in middle school, uh like schools would have talent shows mm -hmm. and there would be like 10 year old Timmy who can like, uh, he can, you know, sing, I'm a little teapot or whatever. <laughs> and it's like very meh. And I was like, nah, dude, this kid that nobody think nobody suspects this kid. Like he's kind of quiet or, you know, reserved or, you know, just not a lot of people would expect this talent from him. And he takes his Guitar Hero guitar. And he just, you know, uh, awkwardly walks to center stage and he stands there. And everybody's just kind of watching him like, what's he doing? And then, you know, they roll out the TV so that everybody, but the TV's behind him. So everybody else can see it, but he can't. And he just shreds that motherfucker, dude. That's and awesome. he 
gets like a hundred percent on expert on like fire in the flames or something crazy. That's ridiculous. And, and like somebody, he's got somebody in the tech room who's messing with the lights. And then like his mom brought a smoke machine oh, that she threw so onto awesome. the stage mid song or whatever. And it just turns into this 12 year old, just blaring a rock concert and all the teachers are just staring in awe. Their jaws are on the floor and the students are like, ah! Oh man. <laughs> like that to me would be the coolest thing. That kid will be a legend for life. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you guys remember seeing the video of the, the kids down on the plaza, like just playing Metallica, just right oh, yeah. there in Dude, front of me? Those shit, kids got it, to play it like the Chiefs, uh, like the Chiefs pregame, didn't they? Or like a, uh, they did a I Chiefs so. pregame or they so. did a, uh, a Royals pregame and like they got to play. The I think it was Royals. Yeah, that sounds right. That. My energy just spiked right then. <laughs> 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 I just went from like kind of mellow for me, from my standards, I was pretty mellow most of this time. And then, bam, 12-year-old rock concert. That's the power of, like, rock band and guitar hero, man. That'll get you fired up. You're right, though. Yeah, like, it really I does. get so into it. Like, because um, my parents would get the Guitar Hero games because that was their music. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, that's why I have such an affiliation and such an... Um, such a like love for that music is because they played those games and they let me play those games. And we would all like my whole house would just like play rock, like guitar rock music on guitar hero. We had like, we had one, two, three. We had like the Aerosmith version that they did. Um, We had Metallica. Sure. We, we never got Metallica. Like we never even, we, which is just sad to me. Yeah. Because like, we didn't even know that one existed until like we didn't have the PlayStation anymore uh, and like all the stuff. Because, but like, the nostalgia for that game was so passionate that like my grandmother still has the Wii. Everyone, like everyone in our, everyone in our family, every house in our family got a Wii when those things came out. So like she still has hers. So we went and we bought the Wii version of Guitar Hero 3, which is by far the best one. And we got guitars. So like every time we want to go play Guitar Hero, we're going to grandma's house and we're jamming. That's awesome. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I mean, that's how it started. Like I had when Rock Band 2 came out, I brought it to a New Year's party. And I remember my friend being like, this is stupid. No one's going to play this. And then like 10 minutes later, you couldn't get her off of the system. And then like the only reason we stopped playing it, it was because the ball had to drop in like five minutes. They're like, as soon as as as, like they, everyone wished each other happy new year. They're like, all right, back to rock band. And it's like, it's it's just a party machine. Dude. I, I, this is a memory that literally I, I, it just popped back into my brain. I had forgotten about it up until this moment, but when I was in middle school, there was this like week during spring or like close to the end of the school year where they would have like, they would have all these activities that we can do, like just some ridiculous stuff. Like they had the giant hamster balls. They would have um, the vi- like the van arcade mm-hmm. that would come and had mm-hmm. like brand new games or games that hadn't come out yet and that would be in the parking lot they would have like these inflatable uh obstacle courses Mm -hmm. you know what i'm talking about 
and like they would have dodgeball in the gym all day long or they like i can't it was field day that's what it was yeah and like they had video games in the library they had mario kart they had like wii sports they had guitar hero guess who never left guitar hero because he never got beat the hair metal heartthrob little 10 year old hair metal heartthrob never left the guitar hero booth because he never got beat in battle mode winner stays loser pays (laughs) oh dude like my siblings and my friends and katie they hate when i use that because like i'm kind of like I'm kind of like the basement king in <laughs> like in video games because like me and my family, my friends for the for like some of my friends spend more time on video games than I do so they can beat me at some of them. Mm-hmm. And like there are a couple other friends where if we're playing Smash or something, <laughs> uh they can like I ha- like they throttle me sometimes and I like you know, so I have to really I have to really focus and it gets really intense. But if I'm not playing with those friends and it's kind of like my little brother and my little sister or like, you know, anybody else, it's like a wash to sweep. It's like, you can't compete. Like they, they celebrate so hard if they ever can get a win because it's like no one ever beats Dallas. So <laughs> you're the final boss or the, I, basically, the King. but, but anybody outside of my house, I'm a scrub. So it's like, that's, that's why I've kind of, that's why I keep the basement King thing to kind of like, be like, yeah, like I'm kind of good, but like you throw me in there with somebody that is good and I'm garbage. So <laughs> that's all of us really. Right. But I like that. I think yeah, that's you, why, studied that's why family, the term basement so you can take King them is a thing. <laughs> yeah. I, like, that's why I'm glad I discovered the term basement King. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is literally me. I'm fine with that. Because, like, there's this misconception that people who win a lot, like, suck, like they're sore losers. <laughs> Given circumstances, yeah. I can be pretty upset about a loss. But when someone is better than me, hey, man, they're better than me. What can I do? Mm-hmm. Other than come back and <laughs> redeem myself and retain once again victoriousness. <laughs> I will come back always. I'll get that win. Oh man. I, I, had, this... to, I had to bring the intensity somewhere. Say, in you're, you're due to be hosting hoisting gold at some point here soon. Yeah. No doubt. Hey man, oh, I man. got that tornado alley championship over there somewhere. <laughs> over there somewhere. Mm-hmm. It's over there. Uh, I don't know. It's like off out, out of frame. Just barely. Just to start piling up belts. Yeah, dude. What's oh god, I don't know if we have time for this, but what's the status for independent wrestling champions who haven't defended their title pretty much all year? Like, do those days count or are those like COVID days and they get discarded? I have seen one or two promotions that have pulled every belt, like every belt's vacant. Whoa. Um, I'm trying I need to find that that tweet and I'll send that to you guys. There was one promotion that did that's, Everybody else, I think, is still that's gutsy. considered ongoing. Yeah. So, like Jeremy Wyatt hasn't, you know, lost well, his. Jeremy Wyatt is a is, he's had a dynastic reign before COVID. So, right. like, 
who's gonna take it from him without COVID? <laughs> I, it's weird. I've seen him longer with a belt than without at this point, right? Because he was Same. the last NWL champion. Like after he yeah. won it from Dak Draper, like it yeah. was a Royal Rumble. After he won that, like he's had gold ever since. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like that, like he never. Yeah, I can't imagine what you do with Jeremy Wyatt if he's not a champion. Like, I don't know where I can't imagine where on the card he is or like what he's doing, like in terms of, you know, what his story is other than being the champion. Mm-hmm. For those of you who don't know who Jeremy Wyatt is, educate yourself. Yeah. Kansas, like he is probably one of the best unknown wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. Like You're a wrestler too. I, it's, it's just sad that he's not more known than he is because he's he's so good. You cannot overstate how good of a technical wrestler Jeremy Wyatt is. I I mean this as an ultimate compliment and in no term no way derogatory, but the best way I could see it is like he is like the anvil like of wrestling, like the metal band anvil where like all these big rest, like all these big bands like Metallica, Anthrax, like the big four bands know who Anvil is and they've got nothing but high ho- high things to say about them mm. and they're like so I like, got yeah, I'm influenced by this band and it's like there's so So that's many the band that all the other bands know, yeah. but the rock fans are like who? Yeah, exactly. Your, your favorite and band's favorite Wyatt. band. And it's yeah. like you have so many of these big like high profile wrestlers like giving them props and respecting, you know, and being like you guys should check out Jeremy Wyatt and then like yeah, the fans are just, you know, need to see it yeah man like especially for kansas city mm-hmm. Can- like jeremy wyatt's the guy yeah so yeah. I remember when kansas city face. wrestling fans especially it's... like i can't imagine kansas city wrestling fans not knowing who jeremy wyatt is yeah i i really want to get him on our show but i'm so scared to ask <laughs> um I, I mean fuck yeah. out of here and just hang up <laughs> i don't know i mean i've you know I've ridden with Jeremy White a couple times, and that's how it was for me at first, too, because I was like, you know, a little green kid who got an opportunity to ride with Jeremy Wyatt, and I was just kind of like, don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't fuck this up. Don't say anything stupid. Don't say anything stupid. (laughs) But, like, on the ride back especially, Jeremy Wyatt is like – first off, he has hilarious stories. Um, And, like, just the way he would talk – when we were like, um, like uh, my friends and I, we always like, we love putting over um, on the ride home, Jeremy Wyatt, because like he'll tell just hilarious stories about like shenanigans that he would get into when like he was our age or stories about when he was getting into the business. And yeah, he's like, he's like low key, a funny dude. Like, I feel like most people wouldn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, I don't think anybody thinks Jeremy Wyatt is the way he is on, like, television. Not television. In, at shows. Yeah. All the time. But, like, I can understand why some people, think that if, you have, if you haven't been around him before, are, like, yeah. nervous. Because, yeah, like, that's that. how I was, too. And that's a lot of those. I, I Like I said, I was scared to death of Moonshine before I met him because he <laughs> looked like he would beat somebody's ass outside of the ring, too. Like, And that's the oh, thing yeah. that scares me. Like When he was a Felt heel like a in NWL, I booed him, but I booed him from a distance. Like, I, <laughs> like I'd talk mad shit to fucking uh, his, bo- his manager at the time. Uh, what's his name? Ro- Drew, Drew Gold. Gold. 
Do you go? Yes. Because me and him would always go back and forth because he would always make fucking uh, Amish jokes at me. He's like, oh, why don't you go put up a house? You know, like as he's walking by or something. <laughs> I love Drew Gold. Like, uh, you know, like, and yeah, it was hilarious. So I would talk shit to him, but I would steer clear of Moonshine until I met him after the mm-hmm. uh, NWL folded. They had like a little party at Uptown and he was the nicest yep. dude in the world. And he's like, like I said, it's just, it's such, such a polarizing thing to see. Like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, okay. why well, it's a cool dude. I I think yeah. yeah, it'd be awesome if we could get him on. I agree. One well, day. that'll that'll be uh that's the homework for our listeners. Go tweet at him <laughs> at Jeremy Wyatt. Is it Jeremy Wyatt eleven? I think is which one is his. Jeremy Wyatt one. one yeah. Was... Let's see here. Jeremy Wyatt one. Jeremy Wyatt doesn't okay. put a whole lot of stock into Twitter though. No, so. he doesn't. No, no, he does not. But but at least if 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 his mentions blow up with with us mentioning him, maybe that'll help. Uh, so so folks, that's your homework for this week. At Jeremy Wyatt week, one. Yeah, at Jeremy Wyatt one. But also watch his matches, man. Watch for uh, watch Jeremy Wyatt versus Fred Yehai. Yes. They had yep. a match. Uh, they had an Iron Man match recently for charity. Unbelievable mm-hmm. match. It was nuts. That's on YouTube, it isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, on I YouTube. believe so. Yeah. So okay. Yeah. Watch. Look up Jeremy Wyatt versus Fred Yehai. Uh, 60 minutes and change, I think they called it. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Uh, I was there live for that match. Oh, my God. It's so good. I watched it three times I, that weekend. That I can't remember out. who who wrote that article that was like, this is one of the best Iron Man matches of all time and probably is going to be the best match of the year. I forget, but I remember seeing that, too. And there was a lot of praise behind it. And yeah dude dude yeah and it was coming from somebody who like wasn't a huge fan of iron man matches to begin with but he wanted to give it a chance and like yeah that iron man match was really really good the and commentary if, is solid on if too. if watching that oh yeah that commentary team was great and if watching that match gets you to want to watch wyatt some more you can check him out on independentwrestling.tv <laughs> yep. there's a little yep there you go use the promo code anarchy or journey to uh, get oh, yeah. 23 days. Oh yeah. There we go. We're 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 pimping our stuff there. Not our it's, stuff. Uh, <laughs> it's perfect for that. Uh, you know, especially if you haven't got to witness a lot of live wrestling mm-hmm. during a pandemic. It's kind of nice to go back to those streaming services and have a uh, remember fonder fonder days. Yeah, mm-hmm. I even find that. Yeah, dude. Uh, they had that one match at, at Anarchy. It was Jeremy Wyatt versus the Foundation. Uh, oh, what's his? I, I know his foundation, the octopus. Um, Dude, Jonathan Gresham. Jonathan Gresham. Oh my God, that's one of the best matches I've ever seen. See, and it's like, you're hearing this and, and it's like, Jeremy Wyatt has been a part of both. Yeah, dude. We were, we were, um, oh gosh. Yeah, we were, we were talking about how much we love Gresham with some of the guys at the, at the show last night. John, yeah, Jonathan Gresham's amazing. Uh, Jeremy Wyatt's amazing. Because we did, we did a, sen- we did a seminar with Gresham right before that show. And, Dude, he's such a smart dude. He's super nice. He like is very insightful and he like wants he wants pro wrestling to be so much better. Mm-hmm. And like he very he you can tell that he cares because like there's there will be a lot of times where uh like some people do seminars kind of as a cash grab. Some people, you know, they like some veterans in the locker room kind of just like are like yeah, whatever. But like Gresham is like a super good dude and he like he he wants to like help people get better and he wants pro wrestling to be elevated and can't say enough good things about Gresham. He's also like 
one of the best technical wrestlers in the world. Mm-hmm. And him and Jeremy Wyatt put on like an amazing match. And I bet none of it was rehearsed. <laughs> Jim, Jim, yeah, fuck no. No, I think, fuck yeah, I think no. Same, same with the, the, the Yehi match. I think they, they just no, they, like, they shook hands and fucking worked. Dude, I, I can't remember. Like, I spoke to Wyatt like while they were kind of cooling down afterwards and he was like oh yeah not bad for calling like one or two things and i was like you went 60 minutes and you called like what one or two things and they like they barely broke contact like that was one of the craziest things i saw from that match was like they barely ever broke contact and like oh dude 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 go watch jeremy wyatt matches yes yeah that's what we'll leave for Kansas first. City wrestling. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, with that, we gotta get out of here. There's a Chiefs game about to start. For sure. Um, <laughs> Hashtag uh, run it back. That's right. I'm awake sure. now. All right. <laughs> Just in time. We got you yeah, in the game. Just Perfect. in time to close the show. Right. Um man, so you know, with that, you can see all our Twitter handles are underneath our, our pictures here if you want to follow us oh, yeah, individually. We have sweet graphic stuff. Um yeah. yeah pretty sure. Job, Kev. Shout out to Kev for making those. I try. I'm um, learning on the fly. All this stuff, I'm just learning more, as I go. He's more than just a cute beard. Yeah, we're still trying to get all this uh, organized, but you know, you can find us on Twitter at Three B Wrestling Pod. We're on Facebook at Three B Wrestling Pod. We're on Instagram at Three B Wrestling Pod. Uh, so yeah, you know, follow us uh, at our different social medias. I tend to run the Twitter. And that's what tends to be the most active. You are you a Twitter genius, there. by the way. You're a promotion um, genius. I suck at it. <laughs> I would like to throw out there, uh, if you're interested, just throw us questions. They don't even have to be wrestling-related questions. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of inspired by Giant Bomb to do that, too. They have their email section at the end of every show where they just answer emails about anything. Mm-hmm. Hell, yeah. So, you know, feel free to throw stupid questions at us or anything you want us to answer. Yeah. Or uh, really cool questions. You or really cool too. questions. Like those, too. Video yeah. There's no music. such thing as a stupid question. Yeah. How dare you, Michael? Touche, touche. Open table. Yeah. So, so hit us up. Uh, give us a follow. Uh, give the other shows across the Kansas City Podcast Network a follow. Mm-hmm. Um, we're finally kind of getting out of our shells and kind of introducing ourselves to everybody else. So it's uh, it's exciting to to be a part of a new team. We're the and, awkward uh, new kid at the lunch table, right? Yeah. And I'm I'm shy as fuck when I don't know anybody. So <laughs> it's it's. I'm I've, I'm the lead like the lead of the show trying to make introductions to everybody and I'm just like hey everybody and this is coming from like you and then like me at the shows I feel like Michael Myers when I'm there alone just kind of waiting to talk to somebody just fucking hiding in the fucking shadows <laughs> well once I know you and like especially with wrestlers once I know wrestlers it's it's a, at least there's something to break the ice so it's a little easier yeah. but I, it's it's getting that icebreaker. Mm-hmm. So and this uh, is a good one. Just open with an icebreaker, brother. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, come on. Heck, I'll get man. there. I'll get there. <laughs> so, uh, with that, guys, any parting thoughts before we get out of here? Shared everything we need to share this time. I hope. I thought it was a pretty successful first episode. If we could pat ourselves yeah. on the back. <laughs> yeah. Episode one in the bag. <laughs> That's right. One down. Hopefully a few more to go. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> At least a few. A little, bit, a little few. bit. Um, you know, folks, uh, as always, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us. Uh, yeah. we will see you next week and later nerds. 
Also, you. The Pharaoh fast forwards his favorite foreign film. Powder donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the name and price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous walrus, the bulbous walrus. The name your price tool, only from Progressive. The owl and a foul of the comatose coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Es mejor llegar tarde a casa que nunca volver a llegar. Es mejor llegar tarde al trabajo que nunca volver a trabajar. Y es mejor recoger tarde a tus hijos que nunca volver a recogerlos. Llegar tarde a donde vayas por esperar a que pase el tren es mucho mejor que arriesgar tu vida tratando de ganarle el paso. Por algo existe el dicho, más vale tarde que nunca. Alto, el tren no para. Mensaje de Nitzel. 